Welcome to the Smackin' Raw Podcast, episode 17. I am your host, the warden of this insane asylum, Matt Ritter. And uh, unfortunately, kind of like last week, this week, we are plagued with technical errors and issues, guys. Uh, pretty much what's going on is Travis, he couldn't get his computer to work. Him and I were going to do it tonight, last week, because I had changed the settings to do the podcast with my wife, who did an amazing job, and uh, Travis, Eric, if you guys are listening, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, I'm sure you would have been proud, she argued with me about everything, and insulted Baron Corbin, so it was like you guys were here. Anyway, I had issues last night getting things set up, Eric couldn't stay up as late as I needed him to, to do it, Uh, he had work in the morning, not his fault, that was completely my fault, Travis's computer issues, couldn't do it. I tried to get some special guests for tonight. That fell through, so you guys are stuck with me. But I hope I can still entertain you. I hope we still have fun. We're going to talk about predictions. I've got Eric's predictions. I've got Travis's predictions. We're going to go over all the shit that happened on Raw, all the shit that happened on SmackDown. We're going to talk about Survivor Series. I'm going to try and do this on my own. We'll see how good it goes. Um, Right off the bat, news-wise... I was really hoping Travis would be here for this. Uh, Tommy Dreamer has his House of Hardcore independent promotion, and they are going to be streaming every Wednesday on Twitch for free. I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Tommy Dreamer um, is going to record the content, and then it's going to stream on Twitch. Um, I don't think it's streaming live on Twitch. The reason I wanted Travis to be here is he does podcasts on Twitch occasionally. Not this podcast, because Smackin' Raw is the Creation Magazine's bastard stepchild. <laughs> but uh, he does do it, so I was curious as to his thoughts and everything. Hopefully we can talk about that next week. Um, also, apparently Brie Bella is training for a comeback. Um, Jack Swagger is going to be going to Bellator MMA. I don't know what that means. If he, I'm sure he'll do better than CM Punk with his background and training, but, uh, you know, if he becomes Bellator heavyweight champion, in my opinion, that almost puts him on, if not absolutely puts him on the same level as Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's Bellator, not the UFC, but still. So it'd be cool if he did that and then did something like Brock and came back now with the notoriety of being, you know, the Bellator champion. And maybe we got to see in a year or two, a Brock versus Jack Swagger match at WrestleMania, maybe even an MMA match at WrestleMania. Um, I watched the Ric Flair 30 for 30. If you guys have not seen that, please, please, please go check it out. It was amazing. It was awesome. Uh, it blew me away. Um, as far as the rest of the news goes, I reported on our Facebook page that it looked like Paige was going to be making a return on Monday from a news source that I read and I had posted the link. Obviously, Paige did not show up. Um, so, Apparently, she's poised for a comeback. Maybe it's at Survivor Series. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But uh, definitely was wrong. She did not show up on Monday Night Raw. Instead, Bailey got the last spot. And this actually surprises me. And the reason this surprises me is because Mickey James just got out of a feud with Alexa Bliss. Bailey has been doing nothing but losing as of late. And the WWE has really bastardized her as far as her role on Raw. She was the hottest thing in the women's division on NXT prior to Asuka coming in. 
And like a lot of NXT talent, she got up to the main roster and she hasn't done shit. So I was really surprised they gave her that spot. I thought that it might go to Mickey James. She's just had more of a push as of late. You know, more TV time, more going on. But Bailey got it, so good for her. Hopefully this is a sign that they're going to turn things around for Bailey and that Bailey is going to uh, either maybe turn heel or just kind of get a push and they're going to treat her the way she should be treated based on the value that she brought to NXT and they can find that value in here in her on Monday Night Raw. Um, since we're talking about Raw, The Shield showed up during a interview, or not an interview, a promo that uh, Stephanie was doing with Kurt Angle, where, again, she was cutting down Kurt Angle. Uh, she challenged Kurt Angle's decision to put Jason Jordan on the team. Now, again, I wish Travis was here because Travis begged the WWE to do something with Jason Jordan, and then here we had him on the team. He had a match that was meaningful and part of the major story going to Survivor Series, and he won the match. Um, Bray Wyatt attacked him afterwards. The match was to prove that he deserved to be on the Raw team. Stephanie was in the back watching with Kurt Angle. After he won, Stephanie looked pleasantly surprised. Bray Wyatt, who made his return, and I was so happy because I miss Bray. I'm glad he's back. But uh, he attacked Jason Jordan, injured Jason Jordan, uh, and then he didn't even get Jason Jordan's spot. Instead, Jason Jordan comes out, says that he can do it injured. He'll be fine by Sunday. Please don't kick him off the team. And Stephanie says you better make the announcement. Kurt's sitting there. As of late, especially with Stephanie back, Kurt Angle has no balls, guys. Uh, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle comes out. He's doing this promo. Stephanie tells him to make the announcement. He doesn't. Triple H's music hits. Triple H makes himself the last member of Team Raw, replacing Jason Jordan, and then asks Kurt, you know, is this your son, right before he delivers a pedigree to Jason Jordan. I have some issues with this, and I have some hopes for this. Um, obviously, like I'm sure a lot of people are, I'm sick of Triple H shoehorning himself into main events. He hasn't been around, he hasn't done anything until tonight, and he shows up, he puts himself on Team Raw for the main event, for the pay-per-view, um, I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. If he's going to come out and do some build, fine, but he only shows up for the major four pay-per-views. He always puts himself in a main event level match, which obviously, I mean, in his position, he has the ability to do. But again, Bray Wyatt, who injured Jason Jordan, is easily one of many viable candidates to be on Team Raw, who are there working week in and week out, who are not part-timers. So I take issue with that. Um, what I'm hoping comes out of this is either um, a few things. I hope either Triple H turns on Team Raw, causing Team SmackDown to win, and uh, setting up a feud between him and Kurt Angle, and issues between him and his wife. Or, in any way, shape, or form, this is setting up for a match between him and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, because you can guarantee he's going to put himself on at WrestleMania. So why not take this, him pedigreeing Jason Jordan, and do something with it. Have it be an issue between him and Kurt. Have it be an issue between him and Jason Jordan. Maybe we get a Triple H-Jason Jordan match before Kurt defends his son at WrestleMania. Let's 
build something with us. Let's do something with us. Hell, maybe Jason Jordan could turn on Kurt Angle, join Triple H, and that could be the basis of the feud. There's so many options to do with this. I, I hope they continue to do something with this, and it wasn't just a something to do to stick Triple H on there because SmackDown got John Cena. But uh, if Team Raw does lose... It looks like Stephanie is planning on firing Kurt Angle, um, which means he will probably leave his role as GM and go back to wrestling uh, full-time, which isn't a bad thing. It isn't. Um, I'd actually prefer that. The Shield did show up right before Stephanie actually was going to fire Kurt Angle uh, in the opening promo, and they stepped in for Kurt Angle. Roman Reigns got on the mic, surprisingly, with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins there. He took the mic, and he... uh, Cut down Stephanie pretty good. Uh, He threw quite a few jabs at her. I'm not a Roman Reigns guy, but I'm not going to say it wasn't entertaining. It was entertaining. Other than that, I mean, this Raw wasn't that great. Um, The crowd did not like the Kurt Angle-Jason Jordan segment when Jason came out. They were booing. Um, They were begging Kurt Angle to kick him off the team. They just, they were not about it. Um, The Shield had a match. uh, And I don't understand, like, how rules work in WWE. I understand it's not real, but it's supposed to be presented as real. So the rules should matter. The Shield are in this match. Both Rollin and Ambrose have been kicked out of the ring long before they hit that powerbomb. And or should have been kicked, I'm sorry, they should have been kicked out of the ring long before they hit that powerbomb. But they weren't. Uh, They got the triple powerbomb on The Miz. Sheamus and Zaro were outside of the ring. It was a good match, just for as long as they were in the ring, generally the ref kicks those guys out, tells them they got to be out there, starts counting. They're not allowed to just hang out in the ring, all three guys, especially when both legal men are in the ring. So it kind of bothered me that they just kind of let it linger, I get it was for effect, and we got the triple power bomb and blah, 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 but uh, I don't like that. Um, The only other thing that happened on Raw that's really worth talking about is the running power slam through the ring, and I've got mixed emotions about this. I was happy to see Braun Strowman get his match against Kane. That's something I was looking forward to. I'm hoping that they're passing the torch from the previous era era monster, Kane, to the new era monster, Braun Strowman. Um, And it's always cool to see something like that, but between broken barricades, between rings breaking, between people going through the ring, we we see this stuff, I think, more than we should. It shouldn't be a once every couple months sort of thing. It should be a once, maybe twice a year, if even that thing. And I feel like we've seen this kind of oh-my-God moment a lot more frequently in match, which lessens the impact. The reason that the hardcore division died out was because we kept seeing hardcore matches. So you have to keep upping the stakes. You can't just keep giving us the same thing over and over and over again. It's not going to impress us anymore. So as cool as it, it was to see... They they got to figure something else out. They can't keep going to the same well, doing the same three things. Uh, it loses 
that special feel uh, once you see it too many times. And we've seen it a lot. Running over to SmackDown. Um, I mean, SmackDown Live wasn't bad. I'm a little hurt that uh, the WWE waited this long to have, you know, till the end of SmackDown to have Raw and Invade come in and invade. Um, I guess hurt's not the right word, but a little bothered by it. Uh, after everything SmackDown has done, costing the Shield the tag team titles, doing the first invasion or under siege attack and attacking the roster, Kurt Angle hadn't retaliated, hadn't done anything until tonight, and they waited till the very end of the show. And I thought, as impactful and awesome as it was, because don't get me wrong, it was fucking great, and the end result was worth the wait. I think it would have been better if throughout the show things had been happening and Shane was running around trying to figure out how the Raw guys are getting in, trying to stop it, trying to be prepared. And then we got the end result in the ring. Um, Daniel Bryan came out. He He asked AJ Styles to come out because AJ Styles is our new WWE champion, which... Again, for the second week in a row, I wanted to talk to Eric and Travis about how they both told me vehemently that there was no way titles were going to change prior to Survivor Series, and if they did, it was only going to be Baron Corbin. Yet, the tag team titles on Raw changed, the WWE Championship changed, the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship changed, and guess what? Baron Corbin still has his U.S. fucking title. The beautiful thing about me doing this podcast by myself is I've got no one here, not my wife, not Travis, not Eric, to talk shit about Baron Corbin. I can sing his praises. I don't have to argue with anyone. I can enjoy the fact that he's U.S. champion. I can talk about how he's going to go on to Survivor Series and defeat The Miz and prove all of them wrong, and no one can disagree with me. It's beautiful. But anyway, back to what I was talking about. Daniel Bryan comes out has AJ Styles comes out, come out and then asks AJ Styles if he would like an advocate seeing as Brock Lesnar as Paul Heyman. And then for as much of a Daniel Bryan or for as much as I'm not a Daniel Bryan fan, he did a great job as the advocate. It was really entertaining. It was really good. It was fun. Um, he actually made me think maybe AJ can win this match going in, looking at Brock and what they've done with Brock and looking at AJ you're like, there's no way they're going to let AJ beat him. But now, now there's some doubt in my mind. Maybe AJ wins. Baron Corbin, as I said, defended his title successfully against Sin Cara. So he's still your reigning, defending United States champion. And I couldn't be happier. And as I said, uh, Charlotte won the women's title from Natalia. Now, this was awesome. Because she's crying, she had her little speech about her dad staying at home watching SmackDown like he always does, they're in Charlotte, and Ric Flair comes out, and she generally seemed surprised and didn't know that he was going to be there. She did say, you made it, so I'm under the impression that she didn't think he was going to be able to make it, and then his music hit. It was a great moment for those two, especially everything going on with Rick, just getting over his health issues, 30 for 30 coming out. It it was really good. Well done. I'm very proud of the WWE for that. The one question I have is, 
they haven't really told us, at least I haven't seen, who's replacing Charlotte in the women's match. Um, my guess is that it's either Natalia or Lana. Uh, I guess we will find out on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, we, we didn't really get a straight answer as to who is going to be taking that spot. Now, I did see some things for Lana that made me think maybe it's going to be her. Um, but it was nothing definitive. It was nothing for sure. It would make sense to just take Natalia and shoehorn her in that match. So we're going to have to see what they end up doing. Uh, none of that changes my picks, though. Um... Oh, the women. On NXT, the Raw women showed up, went into the women's locker room, and attacked the women of SmackDown, including the new women's champion, uh, Charlotte. Which was great. It was fun. Um, I'm actually looking forward to some of the matchups that we're going to see in Survivor Series. What I don't like is Alexa Bliss knocks Charlotte out with another KO punch. You've got to be kidding me. I really hope that they're not trying to make this her new thing where her finisher is a knockout punch. I I really hope they aren't because it just doesn't work for her. It's not believable. She took Mickey James out with one. Now she took Charlotte out with one after Charlotte had been jumped. I really hope that's not where they're going with this. Um, In the main event, the Shields music hits. Which, by the way, the main event was the New Day versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who are still not happy that they're not part of Survivor Series. Shield's music hits. They come down to the ring. Kevin and Sami bail. Shield comes in. They take out the New Day. People start coming out from the back with Shane. Raw's coming in. Raw decimated the entire SmackDown locker room. Now, when SmackDown took Raw under siege... They got a couple big stars. I think I saw Finn Balor get attacked there, and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose tried to mount an attack, and they got beat down. But everyone on Team SmackDown was here, and they all got beat down. Everyone, except I believe The Miz, was out there for the tag team title, or the tag team champions came out, got beat down. Um... Everyone on Team SmackDown came down, got beat down. The New Day got beat down. Everyone that's significant to Survivor Series that is on Team SmackDown got beat down. Except for AJ. I I don't think AJ came out. Shane got the worst of it, though. Shane got the triple powerbomb. Shane got an angle slam. And then another triple powerbomb. Braun Strowman was the last member of Team Raw to come out. And he demolished all of SmackDown on his own. And it was fucking great. Um, Samoa Joe used the broken pieces of Francesca too, who is now dead. And it looks like Raw might dominate Survivor Series, but that could just be them messing with us. We don't know for sure what's going to happen, and I have a couple theories. So what we're going to do is we are going to switch over to our predictions for Survivor Series, and I'll tell you guys what I'm thinking might happen. I've got Eric's picks here, and I've got Travis's picks here, so I'll be able to tell you who they picked and why they picked them. First off, we will talk about the Men's Survivor Series team match. Now, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know, but as of right now, Team Raw consists of Kurt Angle, 
Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and Triple H. Team SmackDown is Shane McMahon, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, that does sound a little lopsided for Raw. Don't get me wrong. Just because I haven't seen what the fans of New Japan have seen in Shinsuke Nakamura, I'm sure he's an amazing wrestler. His style just isn't for me, at least not what he's done in the WWE. I haven't seen an exceptional amount of greatness from Bobby Roode despite his entrance music since he's been on the main roster or really from NXT. Now, I know Bobby Roode from TNA. I know what he is capable of, but he hasn't been on the main roster long enough to really show it to us, and he didn't really spend that much time down in NXT to show us a whole lot either. So they've got Randy Orton, and they've got John Cena, and they've got Shane McMahon, which, as we all know, Shane doesn't really win fights. Shane doesn't really win matches. He takes risks, he puts himself out there, but he loses more often than he wins. On the other hand, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, Triple H, these are some of the biggest names in the industry, some of the best talent on Raw. I still can see that Bray Wyatt is the best, but he's not in the match. Um, Travis has a theory. Travis thinks that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to show up during the Survivor Series match, interfere, and cost SmackDown the match. Well, I think he may be right about their interference. I also think that Braun Strowman is going to be taken out by Kane, and I think that Jason Jordan may make an appearance and deal with Triple H uh, in some way, shape, or form. I am going to go with Team SmackDown because of that. Um, I don't think that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be as impactful as they want to be, and I think with Kane coming, showing up and fucking with Braun Strowman because he doesn't really seem allegiant to Team Raw or anyone else, that by taking Braun Strowman out, it's really going to even things up, and with them having John Cena and Randy Orton on that team, it almost makes it a little unfair because, as we all know, as great as Kurt is, he's not really ready to carry a match, really put on a good show. So I'm going to go with Team SmackDown. Travis went with Team Raw. Um, and Eric went with Team SmackDown. Now, Travis went with Team Raw, and his reason for that is KO and Sammy interfere, as I said. Uh, Eric says SmackDown, because the Raw team is too combustible. Angle has beef with Triple H for hitting his son with the pedigree. Joe and Strowman have beef with everyone. Everyone on the SmackDown team is more or less on the same page, and I kind of agree with him on that. There is that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn factor. I'm sure they'll have a, I'm sure they'll have a, a spot here on the show. Uh, they're two big names, two big of talents not to show up. But I'm going to agree with Eric on this one. I'm going to go Team SmackDown. Eric, if you're listening, I know I didn't have Team SmackDown originally marked down. I made this decision earlier today. So what's on the podcast is what's official. So... Matt and Eric for Team SmackDown, as well as Kate. Uh, I got her picks also. And uh, Travis for Team Raw. For the women's match, again, we have a 5-versus-5 elimination match. Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks, Bayley, Nia Jax, and the undefeated Asuka. On Team SmackDown, you have Becky Lynch, Team Captain. Um, Tamina, Carmella, 
Naomi, and either Natalia or Lana is my assumption. This one's tough. Uh, Asuka's undefeated, which means she hasn't been pinned or submitted. It doesn't mean Asuka can't be DQ'd. It doesn't mean Asuka can't be counted out. Right now I have Team SmackDown down, and that is because I truly believe that Team SmackDown is going to win the pay-per-view. And I believe to win the pay-per-view, you have to win more than just the men's elimination match. I don't know how they're going to deal with Asuka. This may be a bad pick because if Asuka stays undefeated, obviously Team Raw is going to win. I don't think they want to ruin that undefeated streak at Survivor Series for any reason. Um, We'll have to see. Travis is on board with me on Team SmackDown. So is Kate. Eric, because he's Eric and he's always got to be opposite, picked Raw and for the exact reason I said, they have Asuka. She's definitely not going to lose. Travis also thinks that during this five-woman match, Paige is going to make an appearance. Um, we don't know if Paige is going to be on SmackDown or Raw. Um, it was speculated she'd be on Raw. She could be on SmackDown. She could show up and attack Asuka and be on either brand. Who knows? Um, Survivor Series is known for its surprises, so between Sting debuting, between the match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg last year that was less than 85 seconds, Undertaker debuting at Survivor Series, The Rock debuting at Survivor Series, Undertaker beating Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series, all of these great, memorable moments that come out of Survivor Series, it's known for its shocks, it's known for its surprises, I don't doubt that we are going to get some here, I don't know what match it's going to be in, it may be more than one. So Paige showing up in this women's match would definitely bolster the women's division. Would definitely be a shock and a surprise, even though I'm telling you guys it may be coming. And uh, I also think we might get something in the men's match, whether it be Triple H turning on Team Raw, or Kane showing up, Sammy and Kevin showing up, and just being chaos. But as I said, Eric is Raw. Everyone else is SmackDown. Next we have our two heavyweight champions, the universal champion Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. Um, I'm going AJ on this one. Uh, After that promo that I saw from Daniel Bryan, I don't think Brock losing to AJ really hurts him, and I also think it helps this god-awful plan that the WWE has going into WrestleMania to make sure that we see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns again with Roman Reigns going over Brock Lesnar. If AJ can beat Brock and Goldberg has beaten Brock, then why can't Roman Reigns? It makes sense. Travis thinks it's going to be Brock Lesnar because it's Brock Lesnar. Kate thinks it's going to be Brock Lesnar, but she's picking AJ Styles because she wants AJ to win. And uh, Eric, surprisingly, is going to go with AJ too. I think it's a long shot, but uh, I think if anyone can pull it off, it's AJ. That's his reasoning for it. So Eric's going AJ. You never know. We saw him get upset last year. Maybe Survivor Series could be Brock Lesnar's uh, kryptonite, you know. I hope it happens. I'm sure a lot of you out there are hoping it happens. It'd be amazing to see. We could be wrong. Travis could be right. We will see. Now, next up is interesting. We have the women's match between Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, uh, both women's champions. 
Carmela still has her money in the bank. And I, I opted to put in Carmela Cash's in the money in the bank because I think it might happen at Survivor Series. Now, we went back and forth as to how we were going to do this, and pretty much we're all going to pick a winner of the match, either Charlotte or Alexa Bliss. And then we all pretty much picked that Carmella would cash in. So it's half a point for Alexa if Alexa wins, half a point for Charlotte if Charlotte wins, and then a full point if Carmella does cash in. Um, I'm going with Charlotte on this one. Uh, Travis and Eric are going Alexa Bliss. I think Kate wanted Alexa Bliss too, but I'm going to double check with her. Um, Eric pretty much said Bliss because Bliss. And Carmella will cash in afterwards. Travis says, Carmella needs to do something since Ellsworth is gone, which doesn't tell us why he thinks that Alexa Bliss is going to win. Charlotte is the queen. She is Ric Flair's daughter. It doesn't hurt Alexa to lose to her. It doesn't really hurt Charlotte to lose to Alexa either. I just think with everything and the momentum going Charlotte's way, Charlotte's going to take this. And as I said, I think SmackDown's taking the pay-per-view. So I pick Charlotte. I may be the only one picking Charlotte. As far as Carmella cashing in, I have it marked down for myself, so I either get half a point or a full point. The only reason I'm saying that is if we get this match after the women's elimination match, because we don't know what order they're going to come in. I truly believe that Carmella will come out and cash in either during or after the match. If this match is before the women's elimination match, I I think it's much less likely that Carmella cashes in. So we will see where those matches fall. Either way, I have it down. Um, We'll see who gets the half points, who gets the full point on that one. Now, (laughs) uh, again, the only match, uh, another match where it's all one-sided except for me. Baron Corbin versus The Miz. I talked about this a little bit last week with Kate. Baron Corbin and The Miz have had this awesome Twitter back and forth, social media back and forth. I knew that Baron Corbin was going to come out on top of Sin Cara because there's no point to do this build and make it so personal that Baron Corbin wouldn't be in this match. I think Baron Corbin's going to win. And the reason I think Baron Corbin's going to win is because I think a lot of people think that Baron Corbin isn't going to beat The Miz. Um, and I just like Baron Corbin personally. Travis, Eric, Kate, all say The Miz. Travis's reasoning is no need to elaborate. Eric says Miz because Corbin is a bum, which is now the real heel Eric Seeker's catchphrase. Corbin is a bum. He says that every week, probably five times a week. And Kate hates Baron Corbin, so she hopes The Miz wins. What's interesting is it. I've read rumors that The Miz may be making a babyface turn during this match or due to this match. Um, If he does, I hope it pushes him to the main event scene. I got to say, The Miz has been phenomenal over the last couple years as a heel. He should be a main eventer. He shouldn't be Intercontinental Champion. He should be competing with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Finn Balor for the Universal title. He deserves it. I really want to see him get there. If it means a babyface turn, then it means a babyface turn, however they go about it. But I think out of everyone, The Miz has put in the most work. He's the most consistent. And honestly, he deserves it the most. So hopefully, whatever happens in this match, you know, it ends up good for The Miz. 
I just, I can't pick anyone else but Baron Corbin. Travis says a broken clock is right twice a day. I was right about Baron Corbin winning the U.S. title. Maybe I'm going to be right about this. Next up, we have our tag team titles. Um, As we talked about, the New Day showed up, causing the Shield to lose the Raw tag team titles to Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, or as I like to call them, Shazaro. So now we have the Usos versus Shazaro. Not a match I'm particularly excited about. We're all picking the Usos on that one. I mean, the Usos are going to be great. I'm sure the match is going to be good. Sheamus and Cesaro are a good team. I kind of want to see them break up, though. I'd like to see them end what they have and go on to singles runs. I think Cesaro deserves a lot more than what they've been doing with him. I'm really disappointed uh, that he hasn't gotten any farther. He's an amazing talent. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we're all going for the Usos. Eric just said the Usos. I don't even think Travis put a reason down for this because it's the Usos. Um, So, yeah. Expect the Usos to win. That's four picks for the Usos. Uh, Next, the match that I don't understand why it's on this pay-per-view is Enzo versus Kalisto. And the reason I don't understand why it's on this pay-per-view is because this is supposed to be Raw versus SmackDown. Kalisto is not a SmackDown guy. He's a 205 Live guy, which means he's a Raw guy. I understand that Raw has the bigger roster and more titles, so they didn't have someone for Enzo to go up against. But maybe just leave this match off, give something a little, something else a little more time. Um, I mean, good for Enzo and Kalisto for getting on the pay-per-view. They're probably going to be on the pre-show. But, um, yeah, I just it doesn't fit in with the theme of all the other matches. It seems kind of pointless to put this match on there. It's just something that they're throwing on there. Though, Tuesday was Kalisto's birthday. I have not finished 205 Live. I'm almost done with it. But um, happy birthday to Kalisto. I doubt you're going to win. Uh, Eric, Travis, and Kate all agree with me. Once again, we all went Enzo on that one. Last but certainly not least, uh, I was really disappointed when I saw... The Shield lose the tag team titles, and then I heard Roman Reigns was coming back, and I knew right away, since the New Day interfered, that we were going to get the Shield versus the New Day. Now, as much as I wanted to see Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins take on the Usos, Shield versus the New Day is going to be an amazing match. I really don't see the New Day winning, um, and pretty much everyone agrees with me. Kate picked the New Day because she wants the New Day to win. I don't see the New Day winning. The Shield is just reformed. I don't think they're going to let the New Day beat a newly reformed Shield with the top three guys on Raw, the top three of the top guys in the company, and the biggest stable, most popular stable they got going right now. I just I don't see it happening. Eric agrees. He says, I really want the New Day to win because Shield 2.0 isn't doing much for me, especially after they came out in those retarded half-Raw, half-Shield shirts on SmackDown. However... I doubt WWE wants the newly reunited Shield to lose on this one, so my pick is the Shield. Travis had to say, I don't see the Shield reuniting just to lose. We're all on the same boat here. Um, It just doesn't make sense for the Shield to lose. So, 
it's going to be a good match. It'd be awesome if the New Day won. I don't think it's going to happen. I wanted to talk to Travis and Eric, and maybe if they listen to this, we can talk about it next week. Do you, or maybe you guys can talk to me on Facebook. Is it time for the New Day to break up? They've been together forever. They've had such a long run. Big E is a former NXT heavyweight champion. You know, Kofi Kingston has various singles titles. Xavier Woods hasn't really done much on his own in the singles in singles competition. Um, they're still strong. They're still popular. They're still going. But maybe it's time for them to break up. Maybe this is what uh, what does them in. And we start seeing singles runs. Big E is entertaining. He's strong. He's large. He should have no problem getting over and doing things in the main event of SmackDown. Uh, maybe even becoming WWE champion. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it'd be actually great for the company, great for SmackDown. Um, maybe Xavier and Kofi stay together as a tag team. Uh, maybe Xavier or Kofi goes up against Baron Corbin for the United States title. A lot of possibilities there, but honestly, I personally think it's time that the Shield breaks up. No team lasts forever. We saw DX break up. We saw Evolution break up. We've seen the NWO break up and reform and break up and reform. Nobody stays together. Even the Shield broke up. I think it's time. I think it's the New Day's time. That is it for Survivor Series. But, luckily, I am the only one that watches NXT, and I printed out predictions for NXT TakeOver War Games. So since Eric and Travis don't watch, we're not going to count those into our general um, points for predictions to see who wins the predictions this month. But we are going to talk about it. Right off the bat, biggest match of the night, most advertised, most special, we got War Games. Two rings, inside, one cage, three teams of three, the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong versus Sanity. I think the Undisputed Era is going to win. Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, huge impact. They're, in essence, the NWO of NXT. They haven't done a whole lot. Them winning this match is going to be big for them, big for their presence on NXT. Drew McIntyre is defending his NXT Championship against Andrade Cien Almas. I think Drew McIntyre is going to win this, but I have to say I have been extremely impressed with Andrade since getting Selena Vega as his uh, valet, manager, whatever you want to call her. I didn't like Andrade when he first showed up. I didn't like his lackluster performances. I didn't like. He was talented in the ring, don't get me wrong. He is extremely talented in the ring, but he just didn't seemed like he cared to be there, or he cared what was going on, and eventually they built that into the story until Selena Vega came out and really turned him around. And now that they have, and now that he is competing in the main event for the championship, you can see he is really into his character, he is really into what he is doing, and he's been doing great. If he won, I wouldn't be surprised with Drew McIntyre going against him to try and get the title back. But I don't think he's going to win, at least not this time around. So I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre on that. We also have an NXT Women's Championship match. My pick for that is Ember Moon. Uh, It's a fatal four-way for the vacated NXT Women's Championship. 
We have Kyrie Sane, who won the May Young Classic. We have Ember Moon, who is the one person who has come closest to defeating the undefeated Asuka. Uh, we have Peyton Royce, who is probably the veteran of NXT right now between her and Billy Kay. Everyone else has been called up. I'm sure they're coming up soon. And when they do, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw women's tag team titles. Keep your eye out. It's rumor. I heard it might be coming. And then lastly, we have Sanity's Nikki Cross, who I've got to say is amazing. Now, the NXT women's division is enormous with all of the talent they signed from the Mae Young Classic. I wouldn't be surprised if we got NXT women tag team titles before we got them on the main roster just to see how the fans react to it and what they think of it. Plus, we've got so many women on NXT, it makes sense to have another set of titles. You don't have two brands to split in between. Get some more time on TV. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. Um, And when they do, don't be surprised if you see the iconic duo of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce with those titles around their waist. Anyway, I'm going with Ember Moon on this one. As I said, she has come the closest to defeating Asuka. I thought she was going to defeat Asuka. I thought she was going to get the title. Not only is she an amazing in-ring competitor, she has an amazing finisher or signature since nothing's really a finisher anymore. Good charisma. All around, she's got it. Kyrie Sane was the big fan favorite in the Mae Young Classic. I don't get the pirate gimmick. It's not for me. I don't get the elbow. I get that she seems kind of like an underdog, and everyone loves an underdog, like a Daniel Bryan. I just, I don't get it. Um, Nikki Cross has some other issues going on uh, as far as Sanity's feud with the Undisputed Era. And uh, the woman whose name escapes me, who has been linked to the Undisputed Era, or maybe the female participant in the Undisputed Era. So I don't see her holding the title, because I don't think that they're ready to go that route. And as much as I like Peyton Royce, I just, I don't see them giving her the title. I honestly think the only title, or the first title she will hold in NXT, will be those Tag Team Championships if they come. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised to see her and Billy Kay show up on the main roster soon. We also have a United Kingdom Championship match, which should be really good. Pete Dunne is defending against Johnny Gargano. I don't know that Johnny Gargano is from the UK. Actually, I'm 99% sure he's not. But uh, Pete Dunne, if you guys saw him on Raw uh, come out and wrestle Enzo, or if you've seen anything he's done on NXT or during the UK tournament for the United Kingdom Championship, he's awesome. He really is in-ring, charisma-wise, facial expression. He's he's great. The last United Kingdom's championship match between him and... Uh, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, that's going to kill me. If I can think of it, I'll come back to it. But the last United Kingdom, champion, United Kingdom championship match was amazing. It stole the show. Johnny Gargano is great in-ring competitor, great fundamentals, great skill. I would not be surprised if this was one of the best matches of the night. I'm going with Pete Dunne, though. He hasn't had that much exposure on WWE TV, so I don't think they're ready to take the title off him. And when they do, I think it's going to be 
a much better build and a much bigger match, just not a randomly thrown together, oh, Pete Dunne is going to defend against Johnny Gargano sort of thing. My favorite match of the night, match I'm looking most forward to, and it's probably the best thing going in NXT right now, Aleister Black, who's my favorite NXT competitor, versus the Velveteen Dream. Now, I've heard rumors that they're going to put Aleister Black on 205 Live, and I really don't want to fucking see that happen. I talked about that last week. But what he has been doing with the Velveteen Dream, a.k.a. Patrick from last season's Tough Enough, is amazing. Patrick is looking to have Aleister Black give him recognition, acknowledge him. Aleister Black refuses, says he's not going to give in to the whims of a child. He's been ignoring him. The Velveteen Dream has done everything he can, including attacking Aleister Black, stealing his jacket, and flaunting it around, getting in his face, showing that he's not scared, um, interfering in matches to get this man's attention. Now, Aleister says, I'll give you your attention, I'll give you a match, and when I'm done, nobody will forget what your name is because they're not going to be able to forget what I'm going to do to you in this match. I think it's going to be a great match. I'm really happy that someone from Tough Enough, seeing as none of the winners have made it, um, is getting a push and getting a big spot on not only NXT television but on a pay-per-view. The only other person from Tough Enough that we are seeing on TV right now is uh, Daria, and she's not going by that name anymore. Um, I'm blanking out on her name too. See, this is why it's nice to have co-hosts, guys, because if I can't think of a name... They can throw it at me, though. In this case, they probably wouldn't be able to because they don't watch NXT. But uh, she's got an MMA character. She's been competing in the women's division. Mandy Rose is around, apparently, but she's not on NXT TV. I don't know if or when she's going to be debuting. But yeah, these are the only people that we got from Tough Enough, and none of these people won Tough Enough. All of the winners have not made TV debuts. I don't even know if they're under contract anymore. I'm pretty sure... Uh, the chick who won the women's title is not under contract anymore. I don't know about Josh. It's kind of sad. It's almost a curse to win Tough Enough. You'd much rather be on the show, get exposure, because those people end up with jobs and lasting careers. People that win don't stick around. Last match, which is kind of an eh sort of match, Lars Sullivan versus Cash Sono. I understand Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cash Sono, was a big thing on the independent scene. I like his music. I just, I don't care for his character. I don't care for what they're doing with him. I'm sympathetic. I know how much time he's put in, how long he's been around. So part of me would like to see him gain some sort of success and maybe for at least a short while carry an NXT championship. But he just, he doesn't catch me, you know. Lars Sullivan, on the other hand, is kind of like the Braun Strowman of NXT. He has been dominating and ripping through the entire roster. Uh, two, three guys at a time, one guy at a time, dominating everyone. Cash Sono wants to make a name for himself and shut Lars Sullivan up. Um, I'm going with Lars Sullivan in this match. So, to recap, uh, Undisputed Era to win War Games. Drew McIntyre to retain his title. Ember Moon is your new NXT Women's Championship, or champion, sorry. Pete Dunne retains the United Kingdom's title. Aleister Black will go over Velveteen Dream. I don't think I said that when I got on my rant, but absolutely 100% Black, 100% Aleister Black wins that match. 
and then Lars Sullivan uh, for the singles match over Cash Sono. That is about it for this podcast, so uh, we'll get into who's winning and who's losing, and it's just my opinion. So, um, On SmackDown, right off the bat, the entire SmackDown roster is losing. They got dominated, um, beat, to, beat to shit by Raw, embarrassed by Raw, and uh, for that matter, the, the Raw roster is winning after this week on SmackDown. Um, as far as on Raw, I'm going to say Jason Jordan is losing. He got injured, got pedigreed, and lost his spot in the match at Survivor Series. As far as who's winning, Braun Strowman, he got his hands on Kane, he put Kane through the ring, and then he showed up the next night, came out and dominated all of SmackDown. Um, and for NXT, because I did, I do watch NXT every week. Um, I'm going to go with Nikki Cross. She had a match, or I'm sorry, not Nikki Cross, Ember Moon. Uh, she had a match against Mercedes Martinez, beat Mercedes Martinez, who is a veteran in the industry on the indies. Uh, somebody that I'm surprised actually isn't in this match. Somebody that was pegged to possibly win the entire May Young Classic. Uh, so that gives her a strong look going into the pay-per-view, which I think she's going to win. That's it for our show, guys. You can find me at Matt Ritter on Twitter, facebook.com slash raw. Come there, join the group, talk to us, let us know your thoughts. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. Also, Creation Magazine does the Creation Conversation once a month. Super Flashiero once a week uh, while the CW shows are going on. And um, you can find Travis at Sir Cussalot. I'm not going to spell it, uh, but that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Eric Seeker at Eric Seeker on Twitter and Instagram. Um, hopefully, I have somebody here next week, whether it be Eric or Travis um, or one of my guest hosts, or maybe I'll have Kate back. Uh, hopefully these technical issues and scheduling issues go away and we get someone back here next week. As for me, I am Matt Ritter and this is the Smackin' It Raw podcast and it is that damn good.